Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, a review of the West Ham game, our third successive draw in the league. We'll see who's in the freezer and who's boiling hot in our regular knee-jerk temperature check. And we'll look forward to a welcome return to Champions League football with our intriguing last 16 tie with Borussia Dortmund. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. How's it going, boys? Yeah, all good. It's a it's a Sunday lunchtime for us to to record the pod. We've always recorded the podcast in the evenings before, so I've had my coffee and I'm feeling fresh. And also, I'm I'm loving our new intro music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're only one of the only things to get excited about about Chelsea at the moment, but yeah, we're loving our new intro music by uh, done by my good friend Jake. Um, yeah, we talked about what to do, and he just sort of uh, put it in the WhatsApp and uh, shared it around, and we were loving it. So, if you want to. Um, Catch any of Jake's music and the stuff that he does. You can get him on Instagram at Jake Emlin. Cheers, Jake. And I might have Jake on the pod. Jake, Jake's actually a Chelsea fan, and um, he, he uh, joined a Chelsea A and E when he was young. He got injured. He got an in- a knee injury when he was fifteen. But um, he can come and talk about football. And maybe come on and talk about some games at some point. Nice. Yeah. Well, we've uh, we've upstaged ourselves from last week with the intro music, so things must be going well. <laughs> um, let, let's talk about yesterday at West Ham. Um, it's a it's it's another draw. Um, it we usually sort of talk about a game of two halves, referring to sort of a, a disappointing first half, and then you sort of come into it with a an exuberant second half. But it was a bit of the opposite um, yesterday. How, how'd you see it, Craig? Yeah, absolutely the same as I guess a lot of fans saw it. Where the first twenty twenty five minutes of the game was probably the best we've played uh, under Graham Potter. Um, Fantastic start. Felix was running the show from midfield. Um, everyone looking lively. Madueke, uh on the right was was looking lively. Mudrik probably wasn't as much in the game. Um, and even Kai Havertz was making some, some good runs in behind. And it was looking like West Ham wouldn't be able to cope for, with us for the, for the game. But unfortunately, uh, we faded very, very badly in the game. And um, 1xG in the first half, 0.2xG in the second half really tells tells the story of the game yeah it was it was it was a game where i think it it had the sort of promise of living up to what was almost going to be a bit of a kickstart to the season with all the new signings and such good football in the first as you said sort of 20 25 minutes first time passing people sort of knew where they were we saw some overlaps uh, more on the right i think than the left but um yeah it was it was amazing and then it sort of just got away from us. I think the goal was a bit of a, a down. It really seemed to affect us. Um, and then we never really got going in the in the second half. Um, Brady, how did you see it? I mean, uh, I love the goal. I think that's the best goal we've scored in ages. I mean, if you think about the goals we scored recently, I mean, um, Fulham was a Koulibaly tapping or scramble in a goal. I mean, Kyle's was basically a set-piece routine, I guess, from a uh, second-stage corner. And... Um, so since Bournemouth, since the Mount goal, it's, it's, it's just nice to see a score a creative goal, you know. And Enzo was giving me a Fabregas vibes of that through ball, you know. And uh, I mean, Felix looks like a player. So I mean, might Bowley might have to get his checkbook out again <laughs> for, for <laughs> Felix. But um, I mean, him and Enzo are obviously the huge positives in terms of the game. I mean, similar. I mean, 
It's a bit confusing, isn't it? Like, why they faded in the second half. You'd think that, like, young players wouldn't fade. And Prosser says something strange in a press conference, which he seems to be doing quite a lot at the moment. He said, you know, the second half is a bit more where we're at. Difficult to take quotes like that. It's like, so where we're at is zero point two XG half. It's a little confusing <laughs> stats like that. Um, for quotes like that, sorry. And, um, yeah, it's just disappointing. I mean, obviously, in the first 20, 25 minutes, you're looking at thinking, you know, we can win a game 3-4-0, but it's, it, we just didn't take our chances, and that's been a curse of Chelsea for years, not just under Grand Potter, let's be honest. So, yeah, just one of those days away from home. Yeah, we scored um, just the just the nine goals away from home. Um, we haven't won away since, since Villa on the 16th of October, and uh, of those sort of nine goals, five of them have come in the first half. So, there definitely is a, an issue with sort of the, the second half, and how we seem to not be able to, to kick on. What do you think that might be down to, Craig? Well, a, a lot of a lot of things, really. I mean, you can look at... I know Graham Potter gave a lot of excuses, again, in his, his post-match presser in terms of players bedding in, players coming back from injury as to why um, the second half was, was looking looking as poor as it did. I would say he has to take some responsibility in terms of his, his substitutions in the second half. Um, how we start the second half of, of games in general under him has been very poor. I would love to see, we got a little behind the curtains look at, at Arteta at Arsenal with the, the Amazon Prime documentary that they did. I would love to see the dressing room at halftime and, and what he says, because when we come out in the second half, every week we look flat. And and I would just, I would like to to see that the energy and the intensity to start the, that that 15 minutes that you get at halftime should be your rest. It should come out that first 10, 15 minutes of the second half with, with a lot of energy. Um, we've seen that before under previous managers and, and we, we're not seeing that at all at the moment. Um, I wasn't expecting us to come out and play well um, in the second half because I haven't seen us do it at all. And, and yeah, the Really? We weren't expecting it at all? No. I, I, well, we just haven't done it under Potter at all. We haven't Worrying for a fan when you've had such a good first half that you just think, well, we've missed our chance in the game, essentially. <laughs> well, we, we can play well in the second half, but just, yeah, the, those first um, 10, 15 minutes, of, of, you know, you're not expecting much or you're expecting the opposition manager almost to have to have, have got his players more motivated in the dressing room than, than you'd expect Chelsea players to be. Um, and also, yeah, the substitutions, I think, have to be talked about. Um Madweke and, and Mudrick, their pace was really scaring West Ham and keeping them deeper in their, their own half than perhaps they would have liked. As soon as they came off, Ziyech and, and Mount are just not offering that same threat in behind at all. They want the ball to feet. Mount wants to drift in more central. In the first half, Kukurea was playing um, inverted uh, as when we were in comfortable possession in the centre of the pitch with Enzo to give him support, which is great. Um, it was working really well. Mudrick was out wide left. We, we could have done a better job of getting Mudrick the ball, but in terms of our dominancy in the game, it was working really well. As soon as Mount came on, um, you know, he, he, he naturally likes to come inside, so we lost that width, and we, we were so narrow on the left side. I mean, all, just all the, the good things about the game basically changed when the substitutions were made. So, yeah, really, really disappointing overall. I mean, we look at we look at that though, and I mean, it could be it could be new new players sort of bedding in to the league. Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of minutes from from Nani and um, 
Mudrick, we know, sort of hasn't played for three months. And um, obviously Felix and Enzo actually lasted the 90. But we didn't actually have a shot till the 74th minute, um, which is obviously from the, from the whole in terms of when the second half started. So yeah. clearly it wasn't quite working with the players that we had on anyway. So do you think it was sort of change of tact? I mean, I'm not sure what the logic of bringing Ziyech on with a he's sort of a crossing merchant and, and obviously West Ham are sort of pretty hoping for teams to do that against them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine what the strategy was bringing Ziyech on apart from keep him happy. That that would be, you know, the the main aspect I think of of bringing him on or the main appeal uh, also probably thinking about Dortmund on Wednesday night perhaps to to mm. the sort of rest Mudrick I know he's he's been ill um and had to come off at half time against Fulham um but yeah Brady what do you think I mean a big disappointment for me was that you know Fafana didn't because Fafana didn't come on yeah I mean when we talked about in the Fulham game he came on and then we talked about the stats his take-ons I mean we need we need a striker at the moment. I mean, I was listening to a match of the day last night, and we, I'm not 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 a traditional nine, but we need a focal point. I mean, you know, you, we watched someone like Ivan Tony had incredible performance at Arsenal yesterday, and won like every aerial duel versus Gabriel. And then we have Kai Havertz, and we're just flogging a dead horse with Kai at false nine. It like it used to work under Tuchel somehow. I don't know how, but it's not working with Kai, is it really? And yeah, definitely not. We need a focal point. I mean, if I asked about, I don't know what's going on with Bamiyang, we could talk about that later because obviously we're going to talk about Champions League where Bamiyang was a bit more in the picture. But you can say Bamiyang's got not good enough or whatever, but we need a focal point. I mean, we've bought creative players that and the wide points that need someone to cross it into. And on match of the day, I mean, not that like I really rate Alan Shearer and Danny Murphy's analysis particularly, but they it was they were showing the areas that Kai was in. Kai was drifting wide a lot, and like when you look at the there's just no one in the box, so it's just we need someone to be around the box and just ruffle feathers, and especially in the later part of games when players players are getting tired, we just make it easy for opponents. When it looks like we just made it way too easy for West Ham in the second half. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I do, do think at, that. Sorry. If I... I'll stay on Kai Havertz very briefly because um, he he did he was very unlucky not to have scored the goal. Obviously, it was fractionally offside. Um, but offsides mm. are sort of his bread and butter at the moment. I He's think a new he burner, isn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> he, he might have taken the uh, the linesman's flag home with his with his hat trick of offsides, but how many, he, he actually leads the league in offsides at the moment. Do you know how many he's had? Twenty. Yeah. More than 20. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I'll tell you now, the second, rank second is Tony, and he's got 17. 25? He's got 24 offsides, which is crazy. Like, that's a crazy statistic um, for Havertz to is have. Isn't that trainable? In the, can they not train this in the, in, on the training ground or something? Like just tell him, or just coach tell him that this is a problem, so he just has to adjust it. I don't see. I, I can't. I can't believe that he lasted ninety minutes yesterday. I just don't understand yeah. how that that is possible to to see that. Um, Fafana, I thought came on and, and had a great cameo against Fulham. I thought that he was in line to potentially start the game against West Ham. I know a lot of fans felt the same as that. Um, it's baffling to me that he lasted ninety minutes yesterday. He, he what I would say about the analysis. But as needing a nine, I I wouldn't necessarily agree with that in terms of Havertz is providing a lot floating around 
the pitch and and that's one of the reasons we had 72% possession yesterday and we we were looking sort of a more dominant team as we we're able to make those triangles out wide he's able to help with everything and also he's able to help you know making runs in behind and he was in the box you know a decent amount don't obviously you can always pick out clips and and things of, of and areas where he's not in the box uh, my main issue with Kai is is when he's on the ball I, I'm not so worried I think he works hard for the team I think he's in the right positions and, and sort of what a false nine should be doing. It's when he gets the ball, that's my issue with Kai Havertz. He's not he's not a killer. He's not a striker. He's never going to score tons of goals in any league of any standard. You know, he, he, he's just not a good enough player. That's That's the... He said it himself, like after the Palace game, I think he was asked um, a question, that, you know, can you be a leader and get more goals for the team? And he sort of chuckled and said, I didn't come here as a goal scorer. He sort of alluded he had this like one huge season, but I've never seen myself as like clinical. So it's like it's not great, is it? When like the guy that you're essentially relying on for goals is saying that. I mean, at the moment his goals per at, recently, as he hasn't scored recently, and his goals and assists per per minute are like nearly three hundred. So yeah, it's not yeah. great. What I would say as well is I think that the ownership group know this. I think um, we've been linked with Osman at Napoli. Um, and I think, you know, nine is on the agenda in in, in some regard uh, in the summer. So I, I don't think we're going to have to put up with this for long. But your point about Aubameyang as well is 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 valid, I think. He is what he is. I mean, I, I, I assume everywhere he's been. I, I asked somebody, there's obviously issues about the documentary. And I don't know, I don't know what's happened with Aubameyang at Chelsea. I mean, I thought Matt Law PC actually wants to fight for his place. But I don't know what's going on. But, I mean, he he can score goals. I mean, I mean, even that in the Arsenal season, he's got eight, ten league goals. We just need that. I mean, we just need someone ticking over. So, yeah. I mean, he completed no take-ons in the match, and he had one shot. It's Maybe. not, it's not exactly threatening, is it? I mean, a lot of the plays revolving around obviously him being involved. He said doing triangles, linking up. Maybe people running in behind. But he, when he gets the ball, I mean, he was through on goal. I think uh, at one point in the first half, and it just. Nothing. There's nothing at the end of it. He is the third worst take-on percentage in in the Premier League this season. Players with 20 plus take-ons attempted. Uh, he is third worst behind Roman Perro at Southampton, who's a left back, and Jaden Anthony, who's a, a backup winger for for Bournemouth. And then Kai Havertz, 68.8%, um, getting tackled when he attempts a take-on. So over two thirds of the time. So basically, when he attempts a take-on, you can just assume he's going to lose the ball. Basically. Um, At this point, I'd prefer to sort. I know, I know Sterling was injured, um, and maybe that's we want wingers to be more direct. But Mudrick seems like much more of a a forward type player. Maybe he benefits more from in the wing. But I would stick him up top and maybe think about bringing you know a, someone else in on the left wing. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a bit of a. I, I think that is dark. the future for this team. Is is I think when we see Sterling fit. Um, as well is really going to help because I think a four-three-three with two eights um, makes sense if you're going to play Sterling, Mudrick, and Felix um, up top as a three, and then they can sort of rotate. I think Felix can play false nine. I think Sterling can mm. play false nine. I think Mudrick can also be be sort of on the edge there. I think that four-three-three for us is a possibility when, when Sterling's fit, but at the moment, yeah. I'd, but him, Kai playing ninety as well might suggest that he's not going to play him on Wednesday. 
If he, Craig, you're dreaming. You're dreaming. He's going to start Clive. <laughs> he, he starts Clive again. They, they, they just. It's weird because Fafana was warming up for what seemed to be the entire second half, um, but he, he never seemed to get on. Um, and we had a, and a spare sub. We we haven't actually yeah. talked about the sort of the the most controversial part of the game, which was the the stonewall penalty that yeah. that we had in the at the end of the game. A lot of fans disappointed that that Graham Potter was so um, calm and uh, so, sort of philosophical about VAR when he was asked about it in the post match and also in the press conference after. Um, Obviously, we're especially at Chelsea used to managers making a big deal about things like this. What do we think of 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 Potter? What I will say is that of all the the fantastic managers, and you think about all the elite managers, not just now, but all time in football, they've all had an edge to them. None of them are very similar to to Graham Potter at all in terms of personality. I'm talking about the top guys, the ones that have won tons of trophies. Maybe you could say Ancelotti is quite calm in his demeanor, um, but still I think Ancelotti had an edge to him and and sort of a bit of fire about him and, and sort of certainly a much more intimidating um, person, I think, than Graham Potter is. So, so what do we think when we see Potter's reaction to this? Obviously, it doesn't mimic the fans' reaction, which is sort of anger and frustration, which is what we like to see from the managers. What do we think about his personality as a Chelsea manager? I mean, yesterday, I don't know if you saw, when when Kai's goal got ruled out, he actually really fist-pumped when, before we knew it was outside, he really fist-pumped, and you could see there's some emotion there. That was good to see. That's the first time I've ever seen that from Potter, where he was like, we, like that's a huge goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Usually, it's quite placid. Well, it's the first time he scored two goals in open play in, in his, his tenure, I think. I know it's a sort of a really such an elitist and silly thing. He needs some Chelsea media training. It's like he's it's still like a Brighton presser for me. And it's like, and it, honestly, I'm not drinking at the moment, but if you did a drinking game for every time he says uh, they're human beings, you'd be drunk in 10 minutes. And then he, <laughs> he just says it over and over. And it's like, we know they're human beings, you know, that, but we need, I don't mean to start calling players out. I'm not saying that, but it's like, yeah, and to, I, I I actually thought Pitt, like t- t- Twitter and I overreacted as though that's why things happened. And he actually made a joke of it, like Suchet made a good save. So maybe he's using humour to like deflect from his anger, you know. And he actually did that in his presser on Friday with one of the talk sport journalists. But like, Chris, what do you think about Potter's personality? Is it is it suited to being an elite manager? Is it suited for Chelsea? Not sure. There was a bit of a chink in his armour yesterday with with how it went down. Um, in terms of sort of everything that he's been sort of suggesting, you know, been waiting for this these moments where everyone's back fit, he's got all the right people around him, and then turn up to the game and a bit of a sort of flat performance in the second half. In terms of his personality, um, I'm not as worried about about that side of it. Um, Can you think, think of a manager historically that, that's sort of similar to him that's been an elite manager? We have downgraded the manager. I mean, he might be elite, but he's not elite yet. We've sort of bought like a trainee elite, or possibly we've gambled on Potter. You know, like people say that we keep gambling on the signings. The biggest gamble that Chelsea Football Club made was getting Grand Potter. That it was a huge gamble. Bowley have taken a. They rolled the dice on this guy. People go, we spent this much on this guy. They have spent invested millions and good faith in this guy, and it is a huge gamble. And let's be honest, at the moment, it isn't looking like a very good gamble. No, yeah. And, and sorry, when I say elite manager, I'm not suggesting in any way that, that Graham Potter's proved he's an elite manager. Just saying that is the ceiling, isn't it? That we're oh, no, 100%. I, I agree. But like, 
yeah, 100% what you're saying, but it's like he isn't elite yet, and you can tell that he doesn't have the, I guess, the chops or whatever you would call it to, to say that. I mean, so it's a difficult one. I don't know what you think, Chris, about that. but I mean, he, it's one of those where he might get pushed to be a bit more like that, and that, that could be sort of the turning point for him where he, he has to adapt and be like, and be a bit more, you know, as you said, take a take a leaf out of some of the other managers' books in terms of how they present themselves to the public, which can obviously be different to how things play play behind closed doors. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I, it's as I said, it was a bit of a chink yesterday in in, in his armour, and I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction at Dortmund. He's not. I think if we get to that Tottenham game at the end of February, and we haven't won a game. I think he could be on thin ice at that point. So he, as I said, he might need to get mm. to uh, that frustrate the frustration that, as you said, might be deflected by some some humour. It might be forced to come out, and he might be forced to take different measures than he has before. Because ultimately, that's what that's what makes a good manager. You have to be able to adapt to the situations that are presented in front of you. So, I think yeah. personally, if Wednesday is a negative result, obviously it's half a t- you know half a tie. And we don't win versus uh, uh, Southampton. It's, uh, yeah, I think thin ice is the right phrase. So, yeah. So, this is the section where probably we take a temperature check on some standout players from as low as freezing cold to as high as boiling hot. Um, Craig, we're going to start with you. Who's, who's in the freezer for you? Well, it's nice to start this week because. I've been behind you guys previously and I've run out of of, of options because obviously all the obvious ones were taken. So you guys are going to be in trouble this week. Although I'm not sure if I'm breaking the rules with the freezing section this week because oh, yeah. I'm sticking the manager in the freezing wow. section. <laughs> Graham, wow. Graham Potter is in the freezer, I think. Um, you know, 41%. That is his win rate as Chelsea manager. That's the lowest of any permanent Chelsea manager in the last 27 years. He is hard to defend at the moment, I think, in terms of what we're doing on the pitch. Two wins in 13 Premier League games. Um, This wouldn't have been accepted, I don't think, uh, under Roman. I'm not sure we should accept it now. Um, So, yeah, Graham Potter is in the freeze. I also want to say what what Rio said, I think, in the BT Sport post-match, where he said, if that was Mourinho after yesterday's game... He's he's blown the penalty out of proportion and maybe the narrative of the game, which is we played well, should have won, and we we're unlucky because we didn't get a penalty. Instead of that, the focus he, he didn't Potter didn't do that, and the focus is really on on how we played in the second half, and and that is I think partly down to him. So yeah, Graham Potter in the freezer for me might be a first to have the manager in the freezer. <laughs> uh, warming up. I'm going to go with Noni Madweke. We've we found a way of pronouncing his name correctly. I've I've googled the pronunciation and 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 I've got it correct because he he's he's warming up for us I think on the on the right wing. He's surprised me I think. I think when we signed a 20-year-old player like him from the Dutch league I was sort of expecting him to be you know maybe a backup this this seat for the rest of the season and sort of get a few sub appearances, maybe look lively and sort of build on that going forward. But 
he's a lot more than that. I think I've, I've, I've underrated him. I think he, he was really, really positive on the ball in the first half, creates problems for the opposition. He's a big guy for 20 years old. He looks very solid, very well built. There was a, for the um, Felix goal, it's actually him, Kai and Felix on the edge of the box there, three making that run. So he inverts as well and is getting himself in the box. I think he could be a really, really useful player for us this season. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him, him grow. And in terms of boiling hot, I think there's only one man. I've taken all your boiling hots. There's only one man that's boiling hot and that was Jao Felix yesterday. He was absolutely outstanding, especially in the first half. Incredible first touch on him. Looks silky, silky smooth on the ball. Um, what a player I think potentially we've got. Obviously, you knew the talent with his huge fee going to Atletico. Um, didn't see so much of it Atletico. Hopefully, you know, in a team now that's that yesterday had 72% possession, 600 plus passes. He's getting the ball a lot. He's able to do a lot of good things. And yeah, hopefully we see him grow and hopefully he becomes a Chelsea player in the summer. Well, we'll see if he gets the hat-trick for the Boiling Hearts, Felix. Brady, what have you got? Well, the, the, the freezer was quite difficult because it's difficult to take Mace out of the freezer because, you know, came on, didn't look great. But uh, I've actually put a guy that I actually had warming up a few weeks ago and I was absolutely slanted for it. But I've got to put Kai in the freezer. I mean, we're getting up to like nearly 300 minutes for goal assists. He was £80 million. If you take away the Champions League goal from his Chelsea career, he is Timo Werner too at this point. I'm sorry. Caught offside all the time, misses chances. It's not going very well for Kai. And I feel sorry for him a bit. Maybe he's being outplayed out of position, but you don't know where to put him. He's still young, but he's in the freezer and uh, he needs to score some goals and he needs to stop being caught offside all the time. He's fast as well. There's no reason for him to be caught offside. Kai Havertz is a fast player. doesn't need to be getting caught offside. So very frustrating at the moment. Warming up, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to say Nonny. I think with Nonny, I mean, Craig um, was trying to temper himself, saying he was a bit like hudson Adoy, and we need to be careful of him. I, I'm being really, really excited with this guy from, 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 the, from the jump, really. From the YouTube videos to now, I think I think he's going to be a fantastic signing for us. He 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 re- he just he scares defenders. He can cut inside. He can go either way. Like I said last week, I'm repeating myself from last week, but I'm really excited about him. And um, still needs that finish. Uh, still needs that kind of uh, experience and um, in the league. But I'm I think he could be a Chelsea fixture for the next few years. I'm really he, excited about. He looks him. like he's got a great mentality. I will yeah. say that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Very, very, very happy with that. Boiling hot. I'm going to put. Um, I'm going to put Felix in there. I mean, I know uh, Felix is Portuguese, so in terms of Fernando sauce, he's definitely extra hot. Peri Peri at the moment. He's um, he's boiling oh. hot. He's he's boiling hot. So like, I mean, with Felix, it's with, let's, let's hope we buy him. I mean, it looks like we're going to buy him, right? I mean, if he carries on like this, I mean, Bowley, Bowley's punted on uh, some money on players he doesn't know. God knows what he's going to spend on someone he knows who can actually play well for Chelsea. So. I think uh, the Atletico Madrid are going to be the blank checkbook kind of time. But um, yeah, really happy with Felix. And um, I mean, to be honest, he's always looked a little... In a... I remember we played them in the Champions League and our Champions League winning run, and he didn't look great at all over those two legs. I don't know if you agree. But um, since then, I mean, it's obviously developed a lot and yeah, absolutely a stack about him. So one of the main, probably like one of the only... Shining stars at the moment in the attack, covered and maybe Madueke. So yeah, really happy with him. Nice, nice. Some good choices there, definitely. Um, all right. So in the freezer for me, um, a very poor 
performance last week and a horrific cameo yesterday. Hakim Ziyech, who was a signature oh. away from, oh. from leaving that's the club. Come on, Chris, that's below the belt. Come on. He, he was awful. He, can't, and... he shouldn't be at the club. Like yeah, he... that's it. <laughs> but he's not, that's not his fault. I know. 20 minutes going... yesterday and he's in the freezer. Come Sorry, on. I'm going on performance. Like, forget about. Imagine that that didn't happen, right? The, the 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 transfer thing. He has been playing horribly, right? In the last two games, he is a hundred percent in the freezer for me. How he got on the pitch yesterday is beyond me. After what he did last week, and he did a, it was another shocker. Um, he must have missed <laughs> Yeah, I mean, have you sent you an overnight bribe, mate? I mean, have a. <laughs> <laughs> our Ka- I mean, and also, like, how Kai's avoided the freezer from you there? Oh, well, yeah, fair enough, know. but a bit of variety, I guess. Well, that's it. Uh, so, Ziyech is in the freezer, warming up for me. Um, Kai Havertz. <laughs> he should be warming up every week, i.e., on the bench. I, I'm split here because I'm going, I was going to go for two subs. Um, and I'm, I'm split between Conor Gallagher, who I thought was actually really good and affected the game quite well when he came Conor on. Gallagher, I thought he's he's warming up. I thought he was looking really good. Yeah. And uh, Ben Chilwell, yeah. I thought also yeah. looked really positive when he came on. Um, two tackles and interception. So, and he he affecting the game going forward. He was really um, he was really attacking the spaces. Um, and, and he had a quite a good chance in the second half as well. I didn't yeah. never, never quite ended. I'm not I'm not really sure what he did with it, but. Really positive. He looked a lot more effective than Kukurea. So yeah, Chilwell and Gallagher for me warming up a double header, and then boiling hot. <laughs> if you get, I was going to go for the chimichurri in uh, Enzo Fernandez with a sort of one of the best assists I think we've seen in a long time, really, um, yeah, from Enzo. Yeah. It completely opened the game up um, for us to to kick on, which we looked like we might do at one point, but. Um, yeah, two shots, an assist, man of the match, three tackles, two interceptions, two blocks. Um, yeah, there wasn't a better player on the pitch for me than Enzo. I thought he was outstanding throughout the whole game, really, um, not just the first half. So, yeah, uh, boiling hot. Absolutely. Some horrible uh, food-related comparisons in that section from you guys. <laughs> I thought the Nando's one was quite good, no? <laughs> the Jimmy Jury one was dreadful. But yeah. Well, I, I just had to think of something for Argentina. I, I, <laughs> the worst thing know. about it was Gallagher warming up. Gallagher warming up, he should be an Everton player. Anyway. I thought he played... He's, look, I'm only going on performances, not on who's going to be here going yeah. forward. Hakim Ziyech cannot catch a break, tell you. I mean, he could... Yeah, he's in the I freezer would. and his transfers don't... The attachment doesn't go in the email. I mean... Oof. In Chris's defence, it's tough going last in that section. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah, want to change up a little bit. It um, really is. It really is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, free, the freeze is quite difficult. I don't think anyone's that terrible at the moment because we draw, and we're actually unbeaten in four lads in the league. So, you know, things are looking up. But it's, <laughs> That is a positive spin. But um, it's difficult but, because that was really in the freezer. It's just sort of placid. And I mean, even Kai, it's not like he's awful, but yeah. Anyway, let's let's see if we can continue our unbeaten run. Yeah. Um, as we look forward to the the Champions League, uh, we can we can have a little preview of the Champions League. I want to take a a quick step back. Obviously, we've we finished um, top of the group, um, which was a key objective, I think, for for what we were looking for. It was a bit of a sticky start away at Dynamo, um, but we seem to kick on. Um, we're the fourth top scorers in the Champions League with with sixteen goals. 
And a uh, nice stat here for us that we uh, we lead the Champions League in goals outside the box. So wow. That's uh, not something you would really associate with us, in that we're quite low on shots taken. So I can't remember um, scoring a goal outside the box in the Premier League. <laughs> well, that's it. Um, cool. So I guess, how do we think the Champions League's gone so far if we, if we look back? It's hard to remember really all the games. They feel like such a long time ago. Obviously, the first one under Tuchel was was very poor. Um, but after that, I thought Potter's best games managing us have come in the Champions League. Obviously, the Milan home game was was potentially the best we've played against a very weak Milan team. I know they they had a lot of injuries that day and and they didn't offer much really at all. Um, and then the away game, which we actually went to, we tr- we try and get to a Champions League away game every season, and we went to the Milan game, and and that was that was great. Obviously, they went down to ten men early, and but we we looked sort of dominant in that game without anything spectacular. Um, so yeah, I think the Champions League on on reflection was, was has been a real positive for us, and and like we said at the start of the of the pod, a welcome return because. The league is is pretty much dead for us now. We're just sort of playing the games out. So the the Champions League is really the the shining chance to make something out of this season. In terms of the Champions League so far, Brady, how have you seen it? I mean, it's an interesting one because obviously with with Potter, it was um, it was more in his honeymoon period, wasn't it? When he was like winning games and he had more players available, and there was a better feeling around the club. And it's interesting also, I think from a psychological point of view for Potter, I mean, his first game as a manager for the club was in the Champions League, so he really had to hit the ground running. So, yeah, I think I think he'll actually be relieved to be back because obviously, as, Craig, as we all know, the league is a bit of a car crash at the moment in terms of the, the points per game and the, the goals that we're scoring. So I think it'll be interesting. I remember Leipzig away that we actually looked electric that night. And can you actually, can you name the team? For that um, Salzburg away game, well, I know that the wing backs were were probably uh, wingers, weren't they? At that time, we were sort of doing some some crazy stuff with with uh, players playing out of position, partly to do with the, the injuries we had. Can you name the back five? Let's say I think I think Kukureya was playing. C- correct, Kukureya was. He was playing Kepel... the left centre back. I think. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Silver would have been playing right because he, he... and Chalaber. Well, well done, Chalaba. Yeah, Pulisic, probably. Sorry, Kepringal. Can you name the wing backs? Pulisic and Sterling, I think. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. he basically Pulisic and Sterling. Then he played a a central midfield of Kovacic, Jorginho, and Gallagher. Right, yeah. And then Abamyang up front. Abamyang and uh, our our good friend from the freezer, Kai. So it was. It was. It was a different time. Obviously, it was a different time, and it was a different system. And obviously, now he's stuck with this. The system that he has now, the four at the back, that's you know, and actually defensively, that's worked working quite well for him. I but, thought he was going to continue playing because when he when he started playing, because he played that formation a few times in yeah. the first half of games, and then it just didn't go well, and then he kind of abandoned it at half time and went and changed it for the second half. But he kept going back to it and tried to play it, and I thought he was going to try and re like try and sort of utilize that going forward. But I've never seen him come back to it since that sort of since those early days, really. I think he also tried it at Brighton away, and we all know what happened there. So um, I think he might try something similar. But um, no, I mean, with Potter, we scored 10 goals in five games and only two conceded. So there will be like, I think there'll be a psychological better feeling around Potter. But um, yeah, I think it'll be 
a good thing. And I think I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good for the fans as well. I mean, we need a bit of a sort of a mental shift from the sort of I wouldn't say dour, but you know, the, the league is not fun at the moment. We're not we're, we're not really scoring goals. You know, it's it's two goals in four games in the league. So it's just just to get some Champions League football, a bit of buzz around the club would be great. So. Might might be our best way of getting Champions League football again next year is to win the competition. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the odds, I think I, I, before I think um, I was listening to the Athletic Football podcast uh, yesterday morning. I think before uh, West Ham, we were twelve to one. We were twelve to one to get top four, so that's probably more like maybe it's the same because Newcastle drew, right? Uh, maybe it's, I mean we're actually twelve or thirteen to one to win the Champions League. So, Chris, I've got I've got a bit of a quiz. If you want a Champions League quiz, go for it. What have you got for us? It's very, it's not not too complicated one. Who was the manager the last time we went out in the last sixteen in the Champions League, and who did we play? This is a good question. Well, it must be in a lifetime ago. Yeah. I think it would have been. It would have been. It would have been the year we won the Champions, the Euro, Europa League. I think it's Benitez. I think it's Benitez. I, I, I'm going to go with Mourinho. The last time we went out in the last six, Mourinho. And Benitez, too very. It was not. It was under Mr. Frank Lampard. We got to the oh, last. All right, we uh, lost the Bayern Munich. Last sixteen. It was a bit of a weird one. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah, Bayern Munich. Yeah, Bayern Munich. Yeah. And uh, does well, anyone remember the, the score in aggregate? It was five nil, six nil. Seven, seven. I think it was seven, right? Seven it's one on aggregate. We lost seven yeah. one and three. Yeah. yeah, and it was a bit of a weird one because either side, either game was either side of the COVID lockdown. So the first leg was actually in February. And the second leg was in August. So <laughs> the delayed pain there. We basically knew we were out of Champions League for six months. <laughs> yeah, we lost. So, uh, we lose three 0 at home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had Ross Barkley starting in a Champions League last sixteen. Oh, yeah. Actually, that, that would be a good quiz question. Can you name the team that started that game? Um, right, other, yeah. than Ross, other than Ross Barkley, do you want to have a go? Yeah, I don't, no. Let's let's move on. I think we had Caballero in goal, so you would never have got it. Goodness sake. <laughs> Do you know who scored the goal away in Munich? Callum Hudson-Odoi. Callum Hudson-Odoi, who was linked yeah. to Munich. But a very good goal he scored. So, uh, yeah. It's good to go. Yeah. The good days of uh, Hudson-Odoi. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's look forward to, to Borussia Dortmund um, away, which is uh, our next game and um, our journey into the, the knockout stages of the Champions League. Um, Dortmund... Came through a pretty tricky group um, that they were matched up against um, Man City and and Sevilla and Copenhagen, and they managed to come through that group. Two wins, three draws, and and a loss. The loss of us coming against Man City away. Um, they're in pretty good nick these days, Dortmund. Um, Thirteen <laughs> wins um, in the Bundesliga. Nice, and... nice cricket phrase there. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, thirteen wins. Um, they're three points off the top. Um, obviously, the, the league's led by Bayern Munich, as you'd expect. What can we expect um, on on Wednesday for the game, Brady? What do you think? I mean, I don't watch too much Bundesliga because a bit of an unknown quality, but they unknown quantity. Sorry, but they have. As you said, they're only three points off the. They're only three points off the top in uh, Bundesliga, which I think will make them a tougher prospect to play because I think they're going to be full of confidence. They've won five on the bounce in Bundesliga. They've scored, and if you look at their if you look at their home form uh, at home, they were unbeaten in the Champions League stage at home. Um, they only had a narrow defeat to City, and then they draw at home, and they also beat Sevilla four one away. So they're 
Look, I mean, a lot of people say there's there's a joke about the uh, the hefty, hefty Bundesliga tax that we have paid a price for uh, with our signings. And people would say, you know, being third in the Bundesliga, free behind Bayern isn't really that big a thing. But they, they've scored more league goals at home than we have in our whole season so far. So they know, how, they know where the back of the net is. And they've obviously got Jude Bellerin, who's, uh, you know, scoring and assisting for fun. is obviously going to be moving. So, yeah, I mean, they're a bit of an unknown, but I think dangerous prospect. Yeah, I think the un- most underrated talking point about this game is is no Badia Shiel and what we're going to do in defence uh, against Dortmund because, like you say, they score a lot of goals um, in the Bundesliga and it's it's going to be a, a tough game, a tough away game, great atmosphere and, and intimidating stadium. Uh, luckily, we've got loads of players that don't melt under pressure <laughs> in our team. <laughs> No, you know, no young players or no, you know, yeah. I'm I'm very concerned about the game on Wednesday. I, I think it's one to get through as opposed to look forward to. I, I would take a draw right now and, and move on to the home game for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I think Fafana potentially will be back for Chelsea in that game, which would be good if he's not. And we start Kaladu Kulabali. In that game, I'm I'm very very worried, especially if we start him in a four. I think potentially you're going to see the three four three on yeah I think on so. Wednesday night because I don't think that he would trust Silver and Kulabali to to be the the centre back duo if Fafana's not fit. So I think you might see Kulabali, Silver, Chalaba, and then you'll see James and Chilwell on the wing, and potentially Enzo yeah. and Gallagher. In midfield in the three four three, warming up. Yeah, exactly, warming up. Um, the other option yeah. is to play Gallagher and Mount as eights and just sort of work hard in that and and play the the four three three. Um, but again, I think that's that's risky with uh, assuming Fabio's not back. Yeah, I don't think Mount's going to get ahead of Felix, though, is he? No, sorry, as Mount and Gallagher as eights and then play Felix up top with you know if Sterling's back potentially and or. Um, Potter's favourite Havertz up top and, and Mudrick as well so some options up, up top but yeah Gallagher and, and um, Mount as eights with Enzo as a six sort of similar to what we played against Fulham is, is a potential option as well I think Yeah there's a, it's going to be like you said 80,000 at the um, Signal Iduna Park it's, it's going to be the yellow wall it's going to be a lot of pressure on us we're going to have to t- Stick with what we were trying to do, which I think is play our football on the floor, try and play it from the back, utilize the spaces, and and hopefully get the ball to the wingers. And I, I agree. I think playing the three four three potentially with Chilwell and James, which which we know is a a great formation with those two. Chilwell ready, ready to start that game though. I mean, he's he, he's he had two sub appearances now, hasn't yeah, he? So he, he has to. I think it's risky, but I think I think a three, the three four three is a good option. I I want to actually thought of, but I think it makes sense because I don't think we could be seeing the return of Chalaba as well to that, yeah. to that right centre back, which which yeah. would be nice for him because he's been sort of haven't seen anything of him really. Um, Kulabali wasn't even in the squad yesterday, I don't think. No, he wasn't. No, so he's he's another one that might have to uh, 
<laughs> the best thing you've got from the summer. We should do a, a squad freezer section and <laughs> find yeah. these, pick these guys. Yeah, out. I think at some point we'd have to do some sort of summer car boot sale and see what we can accumulate <laughs> with the uh, with the with the going outgoing. So uh, there's it, quite because well, I think uh, I was listening to a podcast recently. We have 31 senior players in the squad at the moment. I mean, 31. I mean, we need to get rid of probably seven to eight players, and um, I think Kudabadi might be one of the senior ones going personally for me. Yeah. I think I think a key for Wednesday will be, like you said, obviously we've got no Bally Ashida, but a clean sheet would go a long way um, to to keeping that momentum going. I know we conceded one against West Ham, but before that we, we had a great record. I think that's still a good base to build from, even though we're not scoring. There were some good chances um, that we created. There was some good innovative play, which we um, which we hadn't really seen before. Some good movements. So I think still got to stick with keeping a a strong defensive performance try and keep them out and we have players to to beat them on the counter which i don't think you would have said before um yeah having drawn them in like obviously november so absolutely um, so we're a different proposition than we were before we we are very dangerous with pace and power lots of options i think potter on on wednesday night so i'm I'm absolutely intrigued to see what formation and what personnel he goes with because yeah once now everyone's fit basically or we're a couple of players out you know he's 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 got an opportunity to really flex his tactical muscle which uh, we were were heavily sold on when he when he came from brighton let's see what he does i just think just from for think about more macro sense in terms of potter's managerial career i mean Let's say, for instance, we were already out of the Champions League. I mean, he would really be in dire straits. I think, you know, the fans at the moment, I mean, I haven't seen the Chelsea fans sort of like, any sort of booing towards Potter or any massive negativity towards him at the ground on the away grounds. Obviously, it was a bit right. of boo boys at Cape Kukare yesterday. If we were to, if he went out of the Champions League and looked at his depth or, you know, some tactical issues, substitutions like that in the last 16 of Champions League, that will really might, might be the nail in the coffin for Grand Potter. So he, this is a, Huge, huge, huge chance for him to show it, us what he can do on that stage, like Craig said. And it's, I think this could be a pivotal moment in his Chelsea managerial career because, you know, drawing away at West Ham, Fulham at home is one thing, but going to Dortmund, this is, this is, we've traditionally recently been a cup team, right? Like, been a, been a cup team, and he needs to continue that. We have, let's be honest, to be fair to Grand Potter, we haven't been great in the league for years, but with Tuchel, it was like, okay, we weren't great in the league, but like now it's Champions League time, the lights are on. Wednesday night, Tuesday night, ready to go. Potter's got to accumulate. Uh, he's got to, you know, carry that on because if he doesn't, then he's not really Chelsea material. Yeah, and we could we could see the return of the polo neck, which I think. Well, yeah, well, the, the turtleneck is going to have to make an appearance. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've got a hundred percent record of turtleneck. Yesterday, he wore a bit of a smart collar, and when he does that, usually we draw. He's halfway there, so he needs to go all the way for the pep turtleneck, and we're there. Just, so. just a quick one from me. Do you think this game is the biggest game in Graham Potter's managerial career so far? I think the, the tie mm, is. Think, yeah, I think the tie is. I don't think this particular game. I think the second game will probably be. Yes, I think if he loses this tie and we don't beat Southampton, I think he's in huge trouble, personally. But, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I've said, I've alluded to it before that, like, Bodhi might just Bodhi and Egbardi might just and Co. Clear Lake they might just hang on and hang on and hang on. But um, I listened to an ESPN piece last night. It's like if the fans are getting so unhappy, then Bodhi is just going to have to be sort of um, forced into making a move. So look, 
None of us want Grand Potter, Grand Potter sack, but let's be honest, we're getting in a territory where, like, if he loses two, three more games in a row and we don't start winning, he's going to be in big trouble. So he needs to win this tie, and I think he maybe needs to look good doing it as well, personally. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely some some optimism from some of the stuff we saw on, um, from yesterday. So you never know. Um, no, I think yeah. I, I'm, confi- I'm confident with the, the players we bought. It's just whether... He is the man to lead them and gel them. And, you know, he's got, unfortunately for him, he has to do it quickly because of the situation, I suppose, because you're, you're at Chelsea and, you know, in the Champions League, he's looking like the best chance to get back in it last, next year. So let's see. Cool. Finish with quick predictions for the game, Brady. I would take a draw. I, I, I would, I, I'd, I'd go 1 1. Um, I think we just need to just try and, I, I'm not sure we can stop them from scoring. They look very dangerous going forward. Um, if we can just nick a 1-1 or something like that and just stay in the tie and then finish him off at the bridge, I think that would be what we're going for. I'm going to go for a 1-1. Craig? I think we're going to score for sure. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea. Oh, nice. I was going to go 2-1. I'll go 2-0 just to change it up. <laughs> um, you probably have watching the football recently. <laughs> <laughs> Ever the optimists. Anyway. Right, that's all we've got time for today. Um, regardless of the result, we'll be back next time. Um, for more updates and all things ESCR you can follow us on Twitter at EatSleepChelsea and as always we hope you're carefree wherever you may be thanks for listening <laughs>